Is 2020 the year of the plague? Are we all going to die in some sort of video game-esque plague? Well, probably not, but let's talk about it anyway. On this episode of the Gaming and Chill Podcast. Before we begin, this episode is sponsored by Humble Bundle. But let's talk about the coronavirus. Now, what should you do to prepare for the coronavirus? Well, slice up some limes and it sounds like you have a great afternoon planned. But in all seriousness, I did actually want to talk about what the coronavirus actually is. Because we here at Gaming and Chill have actually been really interested in this topic. Uh, we've been like reading stats and like watching the spread of it. It's actually really kind of fascinating watching its growth patterns and things like that. Um, so while we may joke about it, we're also kind of serious about it. Of kind of like, this is an actual issue. Uh, it's not spread to the United States as uh, as widely as it has in, say, uh, China, but it is still a concern. And by that, you know, sometimes you make jokes about things you're concerned about to cut some tension. But let's actually talk about what the coronavirus is. So, it is, it, it's... It's called the, the 2019 Novel Coronavirus. It is what's called a coronavirus, which is a basic... It's a basic uh, cold, basically. It is... It has almost the same exact symptoms as a regular cold. Fever, cough, shortness of breath. Now, that's not the scariest thing ever. I mean, heck, you get a cold and that's it. You have some chicken soup. You, you sit and watch terrible daytime television if you are in the younger spectrum. Or you start downing all the medicine you need to get back to work or to get back to school if you're in college or above. So, the cold, no pun intended, is nothing to sneeze at. But... You know, you're you're not gonna you're not gonna have major issues. What is separate from the that is the coronavirus is able to uh, it has the chance to inflict pneumonia. Uh, from everything I've read, it can cause basically the coronavirus is an upper respiratory uh, sickness. If it spreads to your lower respiratory system, it can cause pneumonia. And even in 2020, pneumonia is a pretty serious thing. And if you don't get treated, you can die. So that's where a lot of the danger is in. And that is more towards the elderly and the younger. That's not to say anybody in the mid-range can't get it, but it's a lot harder. One of the other separating parts is... If you are exposed to the cold on Monday, by Monday night, you might feel pretty crummy, and you will know you've got the cold Tuesday morning. 
With this virus, particularly the 2019 strain, its symptoms may appear 2 to 14 days after exposure. And it appears that it is possible to be transmitted in that 2 to 14 days while it's proliferating through your system. Now, is that any reason to panic? Probably not. But I pointed this out to my wife as we were talking of when you have the cold and you cough, you are more aware of your cough and are like, you're doing like, you're doing the whole like Michael Jackson of like, no, get away. You can't be near me as, as you're like trying not to cough and sneeze in the presence of any mortal soul. You're like pulling up, you know, your cover, your shirt, your anything within vicinity to cover your mouth and nose. However, if you're not sick, most people are pretty lackadaisical. They'll let out a small stifled cough, maybe, with a half-hearted hand over the mouth. Or they'll cough into their elbow and, you know, it'll get some of it, but, you know, not all of it. Or when they sneeze, they don't wash up their hands immediately. Humans are pretty disgusting creatures, if we're all being very honest. And if you don't realize you're sick, you're less careful. Once you know you're sick, a lot of people are like, oh man, I actually got to take care. So if the potential for you being uh, contagious without you knowing it, that's where the big danger comes from. Because, you know, you're not going to think anything of, oh yeah, I sneezed. Oh yeah, I coughed. And then 14 days later, you're like... Oh, I'm sick. Cool. How many people did you infect in that meantime? Now, that is not to panic, not to cause panic, because you should not panic. Panicking is good for nothing. Now, it is very smart to be aware of what is going on. It is very smart to inform yourself of what is going on. And that's actually part of why we're doing this episode is like, Hey, it's not all fun and games all the time, but we want to do what we can. And this is something that we also have a huge interest in. Uh, me and Doug and our friend Rich have been like watching this virus like on the CDC and John Hopkins website of like watching the spread, watching its growth and everything. It's actually really fascinating because we're all fans of the biological uh, super flu sort of movies like flu uh, 28 days later 28 weeks later resident evil all that viral outbreaks are fascinating because it is an exponential growth you know one person gives it to another those two people give it to two more each so it just grows and grows and grows for the point of, if you look at it from a pure number standpoint, it gets scary when you look at it and go, wow, last night it was 4,000 and two days later it's 8,000 and two days later it's, you know, 12,000. Yeah, it's scary, but it's normal. Uh, that's not to downplay the seriousness of this. You know, don't go out and go, you know, poke the bear as it were but it's interesting to watch the global panic i remember part of this was when uh like sars and avian flu and swine flu 
I remember those, but I didn't really watch it with as much interest. Maybe it was because the the cataloging of information was not as easy. Uh, but now I'm like, every so often I'll go check the website and go, oh, what's the numbers up to? What's the growth like? It's fascinating. Because like I said, I'm a huge fan of like biological uh, mo- biological horror movies. Like uh, World War Z, flu, that sort of thing. I'm always interested in that exponential growth. Um, and I joked around that, oh, this is not the, the zombie virus. And, you know, people hear, oh my gosh, this many people have died from the virus. Yes, that is true. Any single person who dies to a virus is a sad statistic. But looking at statistics, you're able to see, oh, 200 of 8,000 people have died from it. Okay, that number is not ideal. It is not as though... It is not, however, as if people are just falling off in droves. And you'll also see there is a large recovery, almost nearly as high as the mortality rate. So people are recovering at roughly the same rate. So, it's not ideal. No one ever wants to see any casualties from any biological uh, threat. But, it's not as if people are falling out in droves, like I said. It's not the T-virus. It's not a genetically engineered super virus, or smallpox, or the plague. Now, that being said, as of the time I'm recording it, this is all the information. So it's not as if, like, in a month when we find out, oh, it did something different, or oh, it changed, information has changed. That will immediately make this episode no longer informational. It is basically a time capsule in time. It's an audio time capsule. So I want to transition and talk about, like, fictional viruses and why they don't work. Before we do that, however, let's go ahead and hear from our sponsor. This episode of the Gaming and Chill podcast is brought to you by Humble Bundle. Humble Bundle is an online game retailer. Each week, they have brand new bundles that last for only a limited amount of time. And with Humble Bundle Monthly, for a flat fee each month, you gain access to over $100 worth of games for only $13. A game I received was Soul Calibur 6, which normally retails at nearly $60. And I got it and several other highly rated games for the low price of $13. If you love games as much as I do, do yourself a favor and get Humble Bundle Monthly using the link down in the description or by using the link on our website. Not only will you be getting amazing games for yourself, you'll also be able to support the podcast. Back to the show. Fictional viruses are just that. Fictional. They are improbable. They are almost impossible. Because of the way viruses work. Take, for example, uh, World War Z. It's a zombie film. So it said that they bite someone and they get infected. 
are they uh, they already had this virus that becomes active or something like that that's improbable because a virus needs to proliferate a virus will seek to proliferate if its main source of food is also its main carrier it does not make sense for a virus to actively seek out to wipe out all of its food. A good example of this is uh, there's a certain type of fungus that hijacks a ant's brain. Very, very similar to a virus in that sense. And it causes the ant to go upon a large stock and release a bunch of spores. And then those spores can affect other ants. The big contrast is that, say things like a zombie virus with a high mortality rate or near instant mortality rate, the transmission of that virus is also what they're seeking out to eat. So you often see like, oh, zombies crave brains. Okay, so it's food, humans is also its transmission point, humans. So what happens when it hits a critical mass that there is no longer any humans in the area to spread to? Now that, that virus has two options. Mutate or die. Because your primary food source, again, humans, is no longer plentiful enough to be a viable food source it would be like as if you were inclined to only eat taco bell to the point where you would do anything you're literally a, a roving zombie you will eat everything in the store well, and once you run out you starve and then you die that is a terrible viral outbreak because it's not practical it is not it, it's not applicable because it does not have any spreadability it's just almost contained such as things like uh 28 days later where it's like a super rabies okay again what happens when you hit critical mass you end up mutating or dying. And mutations are not... They're not like the X-Men. They're not like these super giant mutative things. Very few viruses mutate and suddenly can transmit to animals or to, to, other, to other species. It's a lot harder... It's not like they, they, the virus is going, hmm, I'm going to mutate to that. That's our human way of interacting with things. The way nature looks at mutation is it basically flings a bunch of stuff against a wall and goes, what's going to stick? What's going to actually work? It's not like it's a targeted mutation. Humans targeted mutate things we mutate things we mutate ourselves we adapt we overcome 
a virus, all it can do is just go, I'm just going to keep replicating myself, and a mutation happens that way. It is survival of the fittest. It just keeps regenerating. It just keeps uh, reproducing and reproducing and reproducing, and every so often, a mutation happens. Is it beneficial? You don't know. Is it going to cause you to be able to take over another species? Probably not. Let's be honest. Probably not. It would require an entire shift in viral uh, structure. So, it's not... as <sighs> Video game viruses just aren't practical. They make for great fiction... But again, even then, sometimes they are not consistent within their own writing. A good example of this is the, the very excellent movie, Train to Busan. The first, the first person is bit, and hours later, turns into a zombie. Bites, uh, not a stewardess, but uh, a train engineer. And they immediately turn into a zombie. Okay, that's odd. And then another person is bit, and it takes them a little while to turn. And another dude is bit, and he turns, but he still has that moment of cognition where he realizes, I am a threat, and he does something about it. It's like, there's no consistency even within the same property. So video game outbreaks, they're entertaining, and that's what makes them scary. Because they are like, you could be having a conversation and moments later, boom, zombie, or boom, super flu, or boom, whatever. An alien virus, a zombie virus, a virus virus. You just don't know. Human viruses, they're pretty, they're pretty structured at one thing and one thing only. The most scary virus bacteria is actually, in my opinion, it's actually rabies. I'm not going to read you the entire thing about why rabies is so scary. But things like the coronavirus, they're more fascinating to me. And at this moment, August 31st, 2020, it's fascinating, it's mildly concerning but it's not scary yet that again it's not to say that if something were to come out and more information or we find out oh it, it, it's actually a lot more complicated then it'll change but I think what you can do is mostly what you do to avoid getting the cold you know if you're sick stay home if you think someone else is sick, stay away from them. Don't, you know, don't be all up in everybody's face with your cough and your sneeze and everything. Be polite. Don't be a jerk about being sick. I think that actually is a really good point anyway. If you're sick, stay home. The number of times I've heard people in the office coughing and hacking and sneezing and you're sitting there going, thanks for sharing. Really wish you wouldn't. This is the one thing I don't want. So, I think coronavirus is interesting. I think it's 
mildly concerning, but not yet scary. And it's worth studying. In 2020, we have a lot more information than really we've ever had about MRSA, SARS, swine flu, avian flu, every type of flu imaginable. And it's interesting to watch all the data collate and watch as numbers change and you can watch the spread of it. And it's interesting. Educate yourself. Don't let any one person, including myself, give you all the information. Go out there and reach for the information yourself. I think that's the most important piece of information I could possibly ever think to tell you is go out and get information for yourself. So until next week, assuming the virus doesn't wipe us all out, I'll see you all next week for another episode of the Gaming and Chill podcast. Have a good one. Thanks for tuning into the Gaming and Chill podcast. We hope you liked it. It would be really helpful if, on your given listening platform, you were to leave a comment and give us a rating. For more on the Gaming and Chill podcast, you can visit our website at www.gamingandchillpodcast.com. And from there, you can read anime and game reviews that are not on this podcast. You can also find links to all of our social media where you can follow us. Thank you again for tuning in, and we hope to hear from you soon. Cheers!